Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. For most of us, the process of dating comes along with a ton of different thoughts and emotions, especially after a breakup. Some of us may throw ourselves into dating, while others may tip our toes in it very apprehensively. Each of us will have our own reasons and our own unique experiences. Without a doubt, though, we will all have our stories to tell. Our guest today, Mandy Hale, is here to talk to us about another aspect of dating that many of us may not have considered, taking a dating hiatus. Mandy is here to talk to us candidly about her own experience and the reasons this may be a valuable choice for many of you to make, as well as it being a very important piece of an emotional purge. Blogger turned New York Times bestselling author Mandy Hale is the creator of the single woman social media movement that has revolutionized what it means to be single. The author of four books, Mandy's empowering message reaches millions of women across the world every day. We are also honored to partner with Mandy here at Worthy, hosting events and sharing her expertise with our community. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Mandy. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you. So tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and what your message is, your mission that really inspires your work. Okay. Well, I am a blogger and an author. I've been really writing about singleness and sort of life in general for a decade now. Um, started a little blog on the other side of a getting out of a really negative, unhealthy relationship and was inspired to just really start sharing my journey and encouraging other women who were also kind of living this single life. And it's been really great over the years. It's evolved from, you know, blog and social media presence to uh, I now I'm the author of four books. Wow. It's been really great because I've been able to, you know, share my heart about singleness and living your most empowered, confident, single life, but then also just to kind of branch out and just sort of talk about life in general and the, the various issues that women and really all people struggle with and contend with as we go through life. I love that. And I love the way that you do it because it's just, it's so grounded. It's so real. It's lighthearted. You know, you, you provide wisdom, but you also provide some humor and levity. And I, you know, it, and I've been through seasons with my writing, definitely. I think the current season that I'm in, I really have been in, in such a more lighthearted, sort of humorous place in my life. And so I've really kind of taken that route with my, uh, with my writing. And I've found that people have really responded to it. So yeah, I mean, I think it, it's just kind of single life and really life in general, you have to kind of be able to laugh at yourself. And so I think that, you know, being able to share a funny meme or, you know, a silly quote or whatever, and kind of give people a chuckle as they go throughout their day, that's kind of become something that's been really fun for me. I'm sort of the meme queen. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, what I love about what you said about this, you know, how your writing has gone through seasons. I think that's just really, you know, gives everybody permission for their life to go through seasons. You know, sometimes we're going to feel more light or there might be, you know, an easier access to levity, but other times there might be a little bit of darkness that we have to 
work our way through. And, and I think when people like you put themselves out there, you give permission to whoever's reading you or, or listening to you to do the same. Yeah, I really, I hope so. Because I think the thing that I've learned about life is that, it, you know, it's a beautiful thing and, and it can be sort of a bittersweet thing too, is that nothing is permanent, you know, but the good side of that is, you know, when you're going through these dark seasons or these heavier seasons and you're struggling with, you know, anxiety or depression or whatever, a breakup or, you know, whatever you may be going through, it's so important to remind yourself that this is temporary and I'm, this isn't going to last forever. And then when you're going through the happy, lighter, you know, more joyous seasons, I think it's also important to remind yourself that, hey, this is temporary and I should grab onto it and enjoy it and live in this moment for as long as I possibly can. But I mean, yeah, that's the beautiful and bittersweet thing about life is that this too shall pass. So true. So true. So, you know, as you're saying, I mean, life experience, it provides us with the best lessons. Sometimes they're a little bit more painful. Other times they're not. But, you know, it does provide us with with our life lessons. And today, we're speaking about taking a dating hiatus. Yes. And I know that this has been influenced by your own life. And what I would just love for you to kind of share your experience, share what this is with our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I turned 40 in November and I've been out here, you know, doing the dating thing, you know, for several, for half of my life. But I mean, I've, I've definitely gone through seasons of my life where, I take little breaks away from the whole thing. And I think I first got online to try online dating almost, gosh, I guess we're going on almost four years ago. And since that time, I've kind of been on this, you know, for the past three and a half years, I've been on this sort of roller coaster of now, you know, within that time frame, I've, I've dated, you know, about, I think it's about five guys only one seriously, the rest were more casually. But I kind of got caught in this roller coaster of kind of finding myself going from relationship to relationship. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, what am I doing here? Am I dating these people because this is really someone who I can see myself with? Or am I dating this person because it's convenient and because they showed interest and they happen to be standing right in front of me and it's a lot more fun to, you know, be dating this person than to be alone. And I really had to, to kind of reevaluate because particularly my last dating relationship, it was only about a month or two long. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily a super toxic or unhealthy relationship. It was just not with someone who I could see a future with. And there were even moments during the, the time that we were seeing one another when I would look over at him and be like, Mandy, what are you doing? Like, literally, what are you doing? This is not someone who you're going to be with for the rest of your life. And it's not like you're 20. And you can be out there just (laughs) dating for fun. I mean, at this point, I feel like dating should be somewhat intentional. And so I kind of just reached the end of that relationship and realized like, you know what, I need to I need to take a step back, I need to recalibrate. I need to reevaluate what it is I'm looking for. I need to remember my, you know, my own personal standards and boundaries and to just kind of take a breather and give myself a little bit of time to get back in touch with myself, 
and to um, spend some time alone and just realize that I don't have to constantly be, be dating someone. I can focus on myself and my friends and my career and other things and let those things flourish. And then, you know, when I'm ready again, I'll get back out there. But what's been so great about this is it's been, let's see, March, April, May, June, July, like about five months that I've been on this dating break. And I've had just such an amazing few months. It's been one of the, I mean, I've had this amazing summer. I've been on all these adventures with my girlfriends and have just done so many fun things and have really just had an opportunity to just really, I don't know, kind of take back my power. And Mm -hmm. it's been empowering and clarifying. And I mean, you know, not to say that I don't want to get back out there and start dating again, because I do eventually hope to be married and have a family. And I, I do think I'm probably getting back to the place where I'm probably going to be ready to get back out there pretty soon. But I just think it's really important for really all people, but women in particular, to really realize that you don't have to constantly be, you know, dating someone. You don't have, your worth is not tied up in that. Um, your value is not tied up in that. Sometimes it's good when you find yourself in a place where you're just kind of starting to settle for convenient relationships to take a step back and to get back in touch with yourself and ask yourself, you know, what am I really looking for? And what is it I really want out of love and out of life? And, and even just to spend some time just focusing on you and, and, you know, working on um, reconnecting with your girlfriends and doing fun things and stepping outside your comfort zone and Mm -hmm. having adventures and just living your life separate from, you know, that of, of a romantic partner. I think it's so important. So I I honestly can't recommend it enough. Yeah. And you know, a big part of our community is women coming out of marriage or relationship. And so taking that time to really figure out what it means to be single, to be on your own, to not be tied to another human being that you might have been tied to for 10, 15, 20 years. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, I, you know, I haven't been married, so I haven't been through a divorce, but I was in a 10 year on again, off again, very intense relationship that, um, you know, when that ended a few years ago, it felt like a divorce. Yeah. He felt like family to me. He had been in my life since I was, you know, late twenties and he was in my life until I was almost 40. And we, you know, we're a huge part of each other's lives and histories. And he's a huge part of my books and things that I've written about. And so, I mean, yeah, it, after that ended, I, that was another moment where I had to, you know, take a pause and say, Hey, I, I need to, I need to take some time. I mean, I think I think the human inclination is to run from pain and run from grieving and run from the healing process and to just kind of use relationships as a band-aid and just slap a new relationship on, on the wound that the old relationship caused. But I think if you find yourself doing that, eventually you're going to reach the point where you don't know if you're choosing to be with someone because you legitimately want to be with them. Or if you're choosing to be with them because you're terrified to be alone and you're terrified to you're terrified to confront the grieving process of losing a, a past relationship or you're terrified to confront the healing process. And I think 
it, it really, I mean, you really do for the sake of yourself and your heart and for the sake of the other people who you might be like pulling into the chaos with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to take that time between relationships. I mean, not necessarily, you know, if you're dating someone for a few weeks and that ends, I mean, that may not be this hugely traumatic ending. So you might not need to, you know, take yourself off the market for several months at a time. But I think especially if you've come out of a marriage, I can't even fathom what that would, I mean, just having gone through a few intense breakups, I can't imagine what, you know, what a divorce would feel like. And I think it's so important to allow yourself to have that alone time and to go to therapy and confront all the issues that that the ending of this relationship has brought up for you and make sure that you're in a really strong, healthy, empowered place before you get back out there and, and seek a new relationship. Because you really, truly, I mean, people will be toxic to each other until they've healed from their past relationships. They just will. And it's really impossible to build a healthy relationship, a new relationship on an unhealthy foundation. I completely agree. I I went through a divorce after being married for over 10 years. And, you know, I did the same as you, but I waited a year. So that first year, I really numbed, you know, in many different ways. And it wasn't until about a year after that I made that commitment to be on a, you know, not only a dating hiatus, but really just focus in and hone in on my own healing. Yes. And it wasn't until I really I did that, that I really even understood the depth of not only how much pain I was in, but how toxic I was. Right. Because it's easy to kind of say, oh, it's the other person. So the other person. And then if you're band-aiding that, right. But then when you really get quiet, I mean, at least for me, it was like, wow, like, I am really toxic. I don't need to be around. Like other people don't need me right now, right? <laughs> right. And I mean, it's it's really eye-opening when you when you confront your own BS. Yeah. You know, for me in my in my case, my my therapist has helped me see that I choose a lot of the people that I choose because I have sort of this deep-seated fear of commitment. And so I choose emotionally unavailable men because I know there's no real threat of commitment. So Mm -hmm. that's my toxic trait until you're willing to kind of like dig deep until I was willing to get in therapy and, you know, spill my guts and tell the whole, you know, not hold anything back and let someone who is, you know, licensed and a, a professional and this is what they do, you know, kind of take all of my junk and help me make sense of it. You know, I was just going to continue to choose. We, we do, we tend to kind of fall into the same pattern and history repeats itself until we're willing to, you know, hit the pause button and take that step back and say, you know what, I don't want to keep doing the same thing. I don't want to keep making the same mistakes. I don't want to stay in this, you know, endless hamster wheel of bad decisions and inappropriate, you know, romantic partners. I want to stop and be alone for a while and face the loneliness that comes along with healing and self care. And, you know, really confronting your own stuff and deciding that you don't want to keep repeating the same pattern, but you want to make a different choice. Yeah, I love that. And it really is, if you kind of think about it, it, it's kind of a beautiful gift, right? Because 
we will keep getting the same opportunity over and over again until we choose to heal it. It's like life doesn't want us to just gloss over it. You know, we, we want to up level at our deepest core, you know, so it's like we keep getting opportunity after opportunity until we heal it. Absolutely. And honestly, you know, I, the last really bad breakup I went through was about a year and a half ago. And, you know, it was bad. It was someone who I was, you know, madly in love with. And we had talked about marriage. And, you know, he was he had two little boys and I had met his his sons and was absolutely in love with them. So it was essentially like I was losing mm. three hearts instead of one. And so that when that ended, you know, that felt like the end of the the end of the world for me for a little while. But what I've learned as it was really that the end of that relationship, because I had to really own my own part in, in what brought about the end of that relationship and my trust issues and my anxiety and different things played a huge role in, in that relationship ending. And I had to really own that. And as a result of that, I feel like I've become about a million times stronger than I was before. And of course, I would have loved to have not have to have gone through a terrible heartbreak in Mm -hmm. order to, you know, become this happy, healed version of myself. But I think sometimes we have to just be willing to, to recognize that sometimes it does take, you know, something ending, sometimes it does take a heartbreak to kind of shake us awake and make us realize, hey, it's time to, you know, once and for all, like, it's time to deal with this stuff. It's time to confront my own stuff and not let this continue to be a stumbling block for me in building future relationships. Yeah, so true. So true. So that brings us to a dating hiatus, you know, one way that people can really take the time to reflect, to learn, to grow, to transform, to do all of that. Right. So is there an aspect with a dating hiatus? Is there an aspect of dating yourself? I mean, I, I would say so, because I, I think for me, one of my favorite things that I do for myself, it's like probably my number one or one of my number one self-care things is I like to go to the movies by myself. I like to, you know, just go and zone out. And I mean, I like to go to the movies with people too. But a lot of times I'll just go by myself, I'll go in the middle of the day, I'll take my box of junior mint, (laughs) I take my blanket, and I kick back a lot of times I'll get a seat like on the very top row away from everyone else. Um, I've been known to even take off my bra during the movie because it's like, who needs to be inhibited by this? Um, I love it. And a lot of people are really intimidated by the idea of doing things by yourself. But I think I actually put this challenge out on my Instagram page last week. Like, you know, I challenged my followers, you know, do something this weekend by yourself. Go for a hike or go see a movie or go sit in a coffee shop and read a book. I think that until you learn to love your own company and until you really learn to love just hanging out with yourself, how can you really expect anyone else to love hanging out with you? I mean, I think it all comes down to whether you're single or married or whatever, you are the only person that you're going to have with you guaranteed for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And until you really learn to, to set in that and to be comfortable in your own skin and to be comfortable in your own company, Because I know there are some people who run screaming from the idea of 
spending any time by themselves. They're yeah. always, you know, needing to be around people and needing to be, you know, in a relationship and needing to be surrounded by groups of friends. And it's like, that's great. It, there's nothing wrong with being social, but you also have to have that balance of, you know, just learning how to be alone and learning how to really just love your own company and being your own best friend. I think that's so important. And that's something that for me, I've, I can honestly say like, I really truly enjoy my solitude, whether it's, you know, going to a movie by myself or going to the bookstore by myself or going for a walk or just hanging out at my house or whatever it may be. I'm not at all frightened of being alone. And I think that when you're, you know, really strong and confident in your aloneness, it brings that to togetherness. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that you bring a whole different aspect of completeness to a relationship that is really necessary for a relationship to be able to thrive. Because you can't ever, you can't look to another person to bring you happiness. That's going to weigh down any relationship. And if that's your expectation, then you're going to always be miserable because there is not one other human being alive that can make you happy. Only you can do that for yourself. Absolutely. It, it, it almost like it takes away the quote unquote neediness. Right. You know, and it really puts you instead in this place of, you know, overflow, right? Like it's like you start connecting with your intimate partner or whoever. Right. On a different level that is not based on lack. Absolutely. I mean, if you're, again, it all comes down to if you're choosing to be in a relationship because you just don't want to be alone, that's not a healthy situation. That's not, you know, that's not fair to the other person. I actually know. I have, you know, I have friends, we all have friends, we've all we've been that person ourselves, but I have friends who, you know, literally will date someone who they don't even really want, they're not even really that crazy about just because they would rather be with that person than be alone. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair to you. It's not fair to the other person. It's just, you know, because it's giving the other person the impression that you're there for a relationship when really you're just there not to be alone. Right. You know, you really do have to, the whole Jerry Maguire, you complete me thing like that. <laughs> such a load of crap because exactly. <laughs> it takes, you know, two whole people to equal a whole relationship. It's not, you can't ever look to another person to complete you or validate you or affirm you. Or, I mean, certainly people, romantic partners are there to support you and to love you and to, you know, have your back. But at the end of the day, they can't give you what you have to give yourself. They just can't. Amen to that. Amen. So there's an aspect of this whole sort of dating hiatus idea that is based around emotional purging. So I want to take a quick break here. And then um, when we come back, let's kind of jump into that because I think it's it's really such a beautiful and powerful concept. So we are going to take a short break and we'll be back talking more with Mandy Hale. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. 
Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We are back with Mandy Hale and we are discussing taking a dating hiatus. And now we're going to jump into this aspect of it, emotional purging. So talk to me about this, because I know we chatted briefly offline about this and, and I love it. And I think everyone listening is going to love it. Yeah, I mean, I think that we don't realize the stuff that we're holding on to. We don't like we'll have pictures in our phone and text message streams and all these memories laying around that we don't realize like how that's actually, you know, kind of weighing us down without even without even realizing that it's happening. Mm -hmm. So I think that you have to reach the point where, you know, it's time to just kind of Marie Kondo the emotional baggage out of your life. And for me, that looks like, okay, do I have text streams that are still in my phone from two years ago from the guy that I dated, you know, and yes, I did. There was a time um, just a few months ago when I finally was like, you know what I'm going through and I'm, I'm deleting all of these texts. I'm deleting all of these memories. I'm deleting all of these things because I feel like it's continuing to kind of emotionally weigh me down, even if I don't realize that it's happening. So, I mean, it was very freeing. It's very freeing when you're able to do that. And I'm not saying that you, you know, certainly if you have pictures that you want to capture somewhere and save on a, on a thumb drive or on your laptop or wherever, and just put them in a folder that you're not going to be looking at every day. That's one thing. But if you still have this person as your screensaver, if you still have their like an entire, you know, scroll of photos and text messages in your phone, it's time to really kind of go through and delete all of that stuff because you can't, you're not open to new love. You're not open to new experiences. You're not open to new things as long as you're still clinging to all of the old things. So I think that you have to really kind of, reach that place where you're just going to say, you know what, I'm going to delete all of this stuff. I'm going to delete the messages. You know, there's that quote that says, sometimes you just have to delete the messages, block the numbers and move on. And I think that you really do. So yeah, I think that that's another element in your healing process. And it's not going to happen the day after you break up. I mean, we all kind of have our things that we cling to the t-shirts that we sleep in and you know yeah. allow yourself to go through that grieving process but once you've kind of gotten to the the place where you're ready to turn the page I don't feel like you can do that if you're still sleeping in your ex's sweatshirt I don't feel like you can do that if you're still listening to the same sad song over and over and over that you guys used to dance to or whatever mm-hmm. I think that you have to really purge your life of all of these memories. And even if you're just putting them in a box and putting them in the furthest corner of the attic, that's better than keeping them where you're having to sit here and be surrounded by all of these memories all the time, 24 seven. An area that um, a lot of our listeners, I think can relate to around this concept is their ring, their wedding ring, their engagement ring. And as you're speaking, I'm thinking about my own process of, you know, having that ring. And like you said, it's not going to be the next day. You know, it's it's really this sort of slow easing out of for everybody and everyone's got their own process and their own timing. But right. I, I remember 
you know, even that ring not being on my finger and just being in a drawer, you know, the, the weight of it and not really realizing it wasn't even that it was conscious energy, but once I released it and once I decided to sell it, I couldn't believe the, the sort of energetic weight that just released. Yeah. You don't realize the weight of something that you're carrying until you set it down. Yeah. And I've never been engaged so or married, so I don't, you know, I, I haven't had that particular circumstance, but I can't imagine... I mean, I I can see how the inclination, the tendency would be to want to hang on to the ring. But at the same time, that ring represents a marriage that is either never going to happen or that is no longer happening. So Mm -hmm. I think that I just love that Worthy gives women the opportunity to, you know, to do something positive and to release that weight and to you know, kind of move on into the next chapter of their lives and not be weighed, I mean, literally weighed down by these heavy rings and these heavy reminders of, you know, what might have been and what used to be. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It was a huge, it was a pivotal moment for me. I'm sure. Yeah. If it was freeing for me to delete text messages, I can't imagine how freeing it would be to, you know, finally reach the point where you're like, hey, I'm ready to to accept that this is no longer what my life looks like and let this go. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I remember deleting the texts and how big of a deal that was too. Yeah. So it, like you said, it's a step-by-step process, but I think what's really coming across is just being open to allowing yourself or giving yourself permission to let these things go to let yourself release these things from your life. Yes. Another aspect of this is, you know, I, I just wrote a post for an article for Worthy um, where, you know, I talk about kind of reclaiming your space and not surrendering, you know, locations where you went with this ex or mm-hmm. special places where certain things happened. Like, for example, I live right off my little town square in the town where I live. And on that very town square is where I had my first kiss with my ex, who I had this really horrible breakup with a year and a half ago. And he even went back at one point and captured the GPS coordinates of that first kiss. And he printed them on a bracelet and gave me that bracelet for Valentine's Day. Mm. So for the longest time after that breakup, you know, I avoided that area where our first kiss was like the plague. And then I was like, you know, I can't, I can't do this. I can't live my life like this. I can't hide out and avoid this area. When I love taking walks on the square, I love, you know, going to farmer's market on the square. I enjoy being able to, you know, just enjoy my town square without having to, you know, be weighed down by all these memories. And so I finally reached the point a few months after the breakup where I was like, you know, I'm not avoiding this anymore. I'm going to go walk right through this area and I'm going to reclaim it. I'm going to reclaim the space and I'm not going to let the memory of a relationship that's no longer even a relationship continue to dictate my life. And that was really empowering for me. I think that's another part of the emotional purging. I think taking back spaces, taking back locations. I have a girlfriend who 
she um, used to live in Miami. And so she had all these memories with this, with her ex in Miami, all these different restaurants and places. And after they broke up, she made a conscious effort to go to all of these locations with a new friend, with somebody else and make a new memory at mm-hmm. these locations. And I love that because yeah. I, I think you can either let these ghosts haunt you or you can decide that you're going to exercise these ghosts right out of your life and you're just going to keep living your life. And whatever you decide is going to play a huge role in, in, you know, your happiness moving and your ability to move forward because you can't, if you're letting these locations and, you know, this place where I had this first kiss or this restaurant where we went on our first date, if you're letting those things control your life and your movements and decide, you know, where you're going to go and, and how you're going to feel about certain parts of the, the town or the city where you live, I think that you're just giving, you're giving a, a relationship that's no longer viable, complete control of your life. You're letting this person who's no longer in your life control you. So I think that that's another element of the emotional purging is just taking back your power and taking back reclaiming locations, reclaiming spaces, reclaiming um, restaurants or movie theaters or the town square, wherever parts of your own house. I mean, who knows where it may be, but I think that that's definitely another aspect of the healing process is not letting that memory control you. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who did, you know, I remember writing about it two years ago, as somebody who did let all of that control me, I remember, I stopped listening to a certain genre of music, I, you know, stopped talking to certain people, I stopped going to certain places, I even ended up moving cities. Because yeah, and what, when I finally woke up out of it, what I realized was, I had made my life so tiny. I had just gotten smaller and smaller and smaller thinking, you know, I could just somehow avoid everything and that would bring me happiness. But it's the opposite. I got so small and so overly sensitive that everything triggered me. And my process was exactly what you said. I had to make a decision to walk right into it and reclaim everything that I had chosen to give away and give my power away to. Yeah, because I mean, life should be all about getting bigger and, you know, breaking out of boxes and expanding and, you know, being your full self and not getting smaller. And I Mm -hmm. think exactly what you said you know, we could let it, you can let it cripple you to the point where you can't even leave your house because you don't want to run into an ex or you don't want to run into a memory or you don't want to see a place where you went with that ex. But I think you just have to decide, Hey, I'm not going to let this person who's not in my life anymore control me. And I'm going to get back out here and I'm going to make a new memory at this location. And it's really comes down to kind of not just reclaiming space, but reclaiming your life and Mm -hmm. reclaiming, you know, yourself and exclaiming to the world that, Hey, um, this is not going to control me. And I might feel sad when I pass by this place and that's okay. I'm going to let myself feel that, but I'm not going to not pass by this place because I might feel sad. I'm not going to let that control me. I'm not going to let that determine Um, where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. I'm going to confront the sadness and let it in and let it do its thing. And then I'm going to let it, you know, pass right on by and I'm going to go on with my day and my life. And what's so funny is the anticipation of that sadness and what we build up in our head is so much worse 
than the actual act of going through it. Like the going through, yes, it hurts. It's painful. You might cry, but like you said, it passes. And then you're on the other side of it. The buildup in our heads is just way worse. Absolutely. And that's even, you know, a a few weeks ago, I went back because my, the significant ex, the one from a year and a half ago, he lives in a town about 30 minutes from, from where I live. And I hadn't been back to his town since we broke up. I had avoided it like the plague. I mean, it wasn't like a town that I spent a lot of time in to begin with, but even if I would get anywhere near it, if I would see signs pointing to this town, I would go in the opposite direction. And then I have a girlfriend who lives in this, in that same town. And so I hadn't seen her in about a year or two. And so she had invited me to come to that town and go to coffee a few weeks ago. And I was so nervous because I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to have an emotional meltdown. I don't know if I'm going to have a panic attack. I don't know what's going to happen, which I built it up to be this big, huge thing, like to the point where I was so frazzled when I got to the town, actually rear ended a guy on the town square. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) And it was hilarious because the guy who I rear ended, like the truck kind of looked like my ex's. And I was like, okay, if my ex gets out of this truck right now, I'm just done. Like I'm (laughs) done from life. It wasn't him. It was another guy who was really, really nice. But point being, except for the slight damage that I did to my car that day, the other guy's car was fine, but it was nothing. I built it up to be this huge thing to the point where I got so nervous. I, you know, literally rear-ended someone and it was literally nothing. I went and met her for coffee. We had a great time. I was like, hey, this town is actually a really cute little town I had forgotten. And she invited me to come back the following week for a play, and I did, and we had dinner and went to a play, and I wasn't bothered at all. So I think exactly like you said, it's like the, that anticipation and the kind of dread that we build up is usually so much scarier than actually confronting the, the place mm-hmm. or the memory. And I found that out, you know, myself a few weeks ago when I went through that whole thing. And and then I felt so good on the other side of it because it was like, you know, I don't have to avoid this town anymore. I don't have to, you know, Mm -hmm. be terrified that the mere mention of this city is going to send me spiraling because I'm, I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. And, you know, I've moved on. And I think it's a really beautiful thing when you can put yourself in situations to realize just how much you've grown and evolved and how much you've, you know, learned from what you've been through and how it, it, it no longer defines you. Yeah. I mean, nothing compares to that feeling of taking back your power. Exactly. Yeah. So we're coming to the end, you know, anyone who's listening, you know, how would they know if uh, taking a dating hiatus is something they might want to consider? I think if you have been kind of on this crazy dating roller coaster and you feel like you're um, frazzled and frustrated and not getting what you want and, um, you know, kind of settling if you're in a place where you're just kind of dating people who you're really not that interested in, you're just kind of trying to avoid being alone. I think if you if you're at any point in the dating process where you just feel like this isn't working for me right now, I think it's always important to take a step back and to do something different. And particularly if you've just come out of a very significant breakup, or especially a divorce, I think that goes without saying, I think that that's the first thing you should do is, 
you know, it, it, you don't even have to set a time frame. It's not like you have to say, Oh, I'm going to not date for six months or, Oh, I'm going to not date for two years. I think you'll know, like mm-hmm. you'll, you'll know when you reach the place. Like for me, I had no idea when I, you know, ended my last relationship in March, was it March? Yeah. March that I wouldn't, you know, here we are in August and I'm still not dating. I didn't know how long it would last. And I don't know exactly when I'll be ready to get back out there again. But at this moment, I don't know. But when it's time, I feel like I'll know. So I think that you just kind of have to listen to your gut and listen to your heart and decide what feels right to you. And if you're just kind of burning through relationships, or if you're really hung up on an ex still, or if you're just really dissatisfied and, and feeling like the dating game is just overwhelming you and frustrating you. And, you know, if it if it's reached the point where dating is more misery than fun, then definitely, you know, take a step back. I mean, certainly dating in the year 2019 comes with its own unique misery. So yeah. you're <laughs> going to have to deal with some of that. But if you've reached the point where it's just like one bad date after another, if it's just constant, you know, just like the hunger games, yeah. instead of feeling like you're actually having a good time and enjoying yourself, I would say it's time to, you know, just take a step back, even if it's for a few weeks, a couple of months, however long it may be, just spend some time focusing on you and Mm -hmm. and figuring out what it is that's causing you to repeat these same unhealthy patterns and what you need to do to change that. And, you know, and also just focus on having some fun with your friends and just doing some things that are all about you and not all about dating. So I think we place so much important importance on who we're dating, sometimes we forget, you know, about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's more about who we're dating and that's our identity as opposed to what we love to do and what we, you know, what make what brings us what makes us feel alive. And I think that it doesn't need to be all about dating. That can certainly be an aspect of your life, but that shouldn't eclipse everything else that you are, because you're this whole you know, beautiful, amazing person with many different facets to your life and your personality that are, have nothing to do with love and dating and relationships. I love that. What a beautiful place to end. So thank you. I mean, I loved our conversation. Where can our listeners follow up with you after today? Yes. Um, well, I'm at mandyhale.com or you can find me on pretty much any social media at The Single Woman. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you. I value your heart and everything that you put out there for, for the world. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and other things you can handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.